This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wellness checks at a White Rock apartment building. Hi, I'm just making sure you have heat and that you're okay. RCMP pay a visit after seeing our story about seniors living with no heat. How that wasn't the only problem. Plus, a young family's tragic loss. Anthony was the best dad, right? He was the most devoted father. The fatal impact of this week's storm as the community steps up to help. And the clock is ticking to a full-scale bus strike. It's my only mode of transportation, so that would be basically mean I'd be housebound. The push to have the province intervene before service grinds to a halt. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. A White Rock apartment building is suddenly getting a lot of attention after Global News broke the story last night of how seniors have been left shivering in their suites with no central heating during the biggest snow snowstorm of the season. As Aaron MacArthur reports, the RCMP and provincial government are getting involved. And tonight, we're hearing from the building's manager. Now there's another person lying here. The problems just keep piling on. A burst hot water pipe at 1455 First Street, the latest in a string of issues for this rundown building in White Rock. The problems came to a head last week when tenants started complaining about not having any heat. Some tenants forced to use space heaters. If it's cold at night, these little guys can't quite do it. I, I still get cold to the bone. Others turning on their ovens. Voila, <laughs> my heating system. Can you show us what the problem is? Finally, Friday, the plumbers showed up. The boiler leaking water from a cracked pipe. The manager assuring tenants the heat will be fixed Friday. No, the guys were here yesterday as well, but they need to get the parts to get it fixed. So they were here yesterday. Mm. They figured it out what's wrong. They ordered the parts and they are here today fixing it. Hello, it's the police. White Rock RCMP, after seeing a story on Global News, wanted to make sure the tenants were okay, conducting door-to-door -door wellness checks. City bylaw showed up. I'm, I'm not and MLA Trevor Halford, who was made aware of the situation last week, furious that it's taken this long to resolve. People have been now seven days without a basic necessity of heat. They've been using their ovens. That is not acceptable. The issues in this building stretch beyond the boiler room. One unit on the ground floor had a burst pipe during the cold snap. Carpets still soaking. The tenant living in this damp, musty apartment says she's never been offered suitable alternate accommodation. The company that manages the building, Rockwell, wouldn't comment. Instead, issuing a statement through a communications firm. A couple of facts I can just share with you right now is that the boiler issue was flagged on Tuesday this week. Rockwell called the uh, plumbing company immediately. Wednesday snowfall prevented the plumbing company from, from continuing the work. The Ministry of Housing has been made aware of the residents' complaints. 
The residential tenancy branch has been instructed by the minister to conduct a compliance investigation. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Well, while the worst of the winter weather is over for now, drivers, pedestrians and homeowners are still facing a string of potential problems. All the melting snow combined with rain turning into a big mess. Alyssa Tipo is live in Vancouver for us tonight. Alyssa, how quickly are the streets and sidewalks clearing up? Well, Sophie, if we're talking about side streets, not very quickly at all. We're right near the PE. These roads have not been ploughed, so there is still a lot of snow on the ground here. The sidewalks are actually pretty good, but it's been raining on and off all day, so the snow is melting. It's very slushy around here, and we've been seeing some quite tricky conditions in some areas right across the region. Dangerous conditions for a morning commute. It's not ideal. It's slippery, icy. The Fraser Valley and parts of Metro Vancouver waking up to slick roads and sidewalks after freezing rain and ice pellets overnight, on top of lingering snow. It became slush and then temp went down and then became crusty. So I think that crust is, is a little bit hard to get by. They were really good about plowing the parking lots at the very beginning and then they stopped. Along Highway 1, warnings telling drivers to slow down. The drive was actually pretty good until until about Mount Neiman, then it started to get a little more slushy, slushy, maybe a bit icier. But with temperatures rising, the focus now is on rapidly melting snow, creating pooling water on main roads and through neighbourhoods. I'm just clearing the drains <laughs> so water can get there because there's a bit of a flood. Residents doing their best to keep catch basins clear. It was like pooling over here and then I like shoveled this part so that it could drain into the drain and I had to uncover the drain also. It's getting pretty sloshy out there. It's not very nice to deal with and it's turning into ice. Work also needed on a number of sidewalks to keep it safe for pedestrians. It can be difficult sometimes, especially when it's like stuck to the ground. The city of Surrey says teams have been working round the clock since 4am Tuesday, dealing with freezing temperatures, snow, freezing rain and now pooling water. Yeah, right now we have uh, around 60 crew members going out actively, clearing out uh, the uh, catch basins to make sure that there is uh, uh, a proper flow. We have some localised flooding in some area, but overall we don't have any uh, flooding of concern. The Lower Mainland is in for more typical West Coast weather for at least the next week, meaning lots more rain is on the way. And with all that rain, this snow is going to continue to melt. Residents are being asked to keep an eye on those catch basins, make sure they're clear of debris and snow to prevent any flooding. And if you're out walking, trust me, be careful. It's very slippery. Sophie? You be careful too out there, Alyssa. Thank you. Digging out from the snow and getting the water moving is also the order of the day on southern Vancouver Island. <laughs> Municipal crews in Saanich wading through ankle-deep water to clear plugged and backed up storm drains and catch basins. Officially, as much as 21 centimeters of snow fell on parts of the island, but some people say they measured even more. It is now well above freezing in Greater Victoria, and all that snow is quickly melting. Well, it's just the overcompaction of the snow and everything, and it just uh, pools all over the place, right? The water pools all over. What's, uh, what should uh, residents do to help out? Well, it would be great if they could even scrape their anything that looks like a grate 
any snow or leaves or anything away from them would be great. We would appreciate it. So far, there's been no major flooding reported in the region. It was the most heartbreaking story to come out of this week's snowstorm. And now a friend of the man who was killed in a tragic accident in the Fraser Valley is speaking out about a loving husband and father killed in an unthinkable tragedy. Anthony was the best dad, right? He was the most devoted father. 31-year-old Anthony Hetzel died Thursday after he was hit by a snowplow walking along the parallel road in Abbotsford just east of Whatcom Road after leaving his vehicle that had skidded off an icy and snowy Highway 1. He was on his way to work as an electrician. Of course, felt he had the responsibility and, and felt um, that he needed to, to go to work to, to provide for his, his wife and son. Anthony leaves behind his wife, Ashley, and year-and-a-half-old son, Fox. Fox is uh, too young to really know what's going on at this point, but, but we'll make sure that we're there to tell him how amazing his dad was. Daddy's little boy through and through. Yeah, obviously, mama's little boy, too, because all babies love their mamas. But yeah, he, he loved his daddy so, so much. Lifelong friend Megan says Anthony's wife didn't want him leaving for work in the snowy weather. Ashley uh, would always prefer if, if the roads are bad, of course, that he would stay home. Did um, Ashley tell him to stay home yesterday? Of morning? course, yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's that's hard for for a wife who who now thinks that she should have tried harder. It's not her burden to bear. He would have gone anyway, so she needs to, to know that he's stubborn and would have done it anyway. A GoFundMe has now been set up for the family to help with funeral costs and living expenses. Now the, the goal is 50000 um, Anything more than that we can get would be absolutely incredible. And out of this tragedy, a message for all of us to consider. It's, it's an unthinkable tragedy, and it's one of those things that you always think happens to other people, and then suddenly it happens to you, and you... It, you realize that life is short and it's a cliche, but um, you got to hug, hug your loved ones and tell them you love them because you, you don't know if it's going to be the last time. Janet Brown, Global News. Now breaking details in the Coast Mountain bus labor dispute, and there's a glimmer of hope for a negotiated deal. It comes as the business community is calling on the government to intervene before a planned full-scale strike brings bus and sea bus service to a halt Monday morning. It's a bus and sea bus system that may soon grind to a halt. Transit supervisors are being pushed beyond anyone's limits with out-of-control workload. GP Local 4,500 representing supervisors, engineers, maintenance and communications workers are planning on walking off the job Monday for 48 hours if they can't reach a new deal. The expectation is any work action would mean TransLink bus operators and C-Bus operators would not cross a picket line. According to the employer, the Coast Mountain Bus Company, they are offering a 13.5% increase over three years, while the union is demanding raises between 20 to 25% over the same time period. That is consistent with other public sector unions. A demand of a 20 to 25% wage increase over three years, which is what the union is seeking, is frankly just, it's, it's unreasonable, it's unrealistic. There are 300,000 people who take the bus or sea bus every day. The Greater Vancouver Board of Trade says if these people can't get to work, many businesses will not be able to open their doors. Given the significant impact that this will have on small and medium businesses and frontline workers, 
we do think that it would be appropriate for the provincial government to intervene. This government has been incredibly reluctant to step in the middle of labor disputes. BC Labor Minister Harry Bain says considering the history between these two sides, he's optimistic that a deal can be reached before Monday's deadline. The best agreement always is negotiated between the two parties around the bargaining table, not by intervening by anybody. The traveling public now stuck in the middle. I'm thankful to have like my family that can drive me places, but I know that some people don't. I guess I'm just not going to school if there isn't. There's no other way for me to get there. Late Friday afternoon, the mediator inviting the sides back to the table, an attempt to get a deal done before hitting the final stop. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. All right, lots of commuters will want to know the latest. Uh, for more, let's bring in Keith Baldry from Victoria. Vince Reddy, Keith, a name we know well. He is well known in BC labor circles. Yes, he's a so-called miracle worker. He's pulled the rabbit out of the fire many times in the past, solved some interminable disputes. So he's there now. He's going to be meeting with the parties tomorrow. Uh, but as a reminder, it's not just a mediator that can solve this uh, dispute. There's other mechanisms, other options at the availability of the minister and the Labour Board. Here's a list of some of the things under the, in the Labour Code that are available to be appointed. A mediation officer, a special mediator, which I think is what Vince is, a fact finder, an industrial inquiry commission, or even even expedited arbitration. But really, I think it's all coming back down to Vince Reddy, the miracle worker, a fact made by Harry Baines, Labour Minister, this afternoon. I have uh, encouraged both parties uh, to uh, make use of uh, Vince Reddy, uh, who uh, we all know we have a lot of respect for and the parties have a lot of respect for. And he has the, the experience and what it takes to uh, bring parties together. So Vince Reddy, of course, has recently mediated successfully two other transit disputes, one on the Sunshine Coast, one in the Fraser Valley. He's very effective. He tends to basically put everybody in the room and say you can't leave until you get a deal. And as Richard noted, Harry Baines and the NDP are simply not going to get involved in this dispute in terms of imposing a contract or a back-to-work order. Uh, best left in the hands of Vince Reddy is their point of view, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Well, the Fraser Valley dispute did take quite some time, even. It does take some time, yep. Mm, even though he did get involved. All right, we'll see uh, how things go this weekend. Keith, thank you. New neighbors get a nasty reception. When I opened the card, it said, shame, shame, shame on you. The anonymous note that arrived in the mail after an Oak Bay couple built their dream home. That's next on the News Hour. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it. <clears throat> A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is my 42nd year in the National Hockey League. 
And he'll spend his 43rd, 44th, and 45th with the Canucks. Still to come, the Canucks signed Jim Rutherford to a three-year contract extension. Plus, a tricky search and rescue on Vancouver Island. How an iPhone helped crews find the victims. That's later on the news hour. Right now, though, an Oak Bay couple built what they thought was the perfect home. But it turns out not everyone is a fan. Kylie Stanton reports on the anonymous and highly critical letter they received. When it came to purchasing this 1914 built home, the new owners had no choice. It was out with the old, in with the new. We had hoped to be able to renovate the place, but unfortunately uh, it was not really salvageable. Roughly a year and a half later, after curating every inch of this house, Walt Vanderist and his wife finally moved in. And uh, here we are today, very happy. But it turns out at least someone in the neighborhood is not. This is it. In early January, Vanderist received this card in the mail and learned his dream home is someone else's nightmare. It just said occupant. So I opened it up and read it. It said, shame, shame, shame on you for building such a revolting home in Oak Bay. How did it ever get approved? I was incredulous. I thought somebody went through a lot of effort to do this. Vanderist felt compelled to share it on social media, posting a few photos of the anonymous message. And just see what the reaction would be. The post was quickly flooded with comments, the vast majority siding with the homeowner, writing what a miserable life this person must live. Someone has too much time on their hands. I'm sorry this happened to you, and I'm glad you're not allowing it to upset you. The list goes on. Another one, this person's attitude is revolting. <laughs> Word of the letter has now spread beyond social media. Oh, never underestimate people to do such things. There's going to be so much mixture and there has to be. Cut the guy some slack for heaven's sakes. Even the mayor is weighing in. I wouldn't want anybody to not feel welcome. I'm really glad this homeowner's taking it with a, with a sense of humor, uh, which I think is what it deserves. In fact, the ordeal has only made Vanderist love the neighborhood that much more and plans on making himself right at home. I've got thick skin and it doesn't really bother me that much. I just really thought it was funny. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Coming up, lost and found. I just saw like a $100 bill in the snow. What happened when a Vancouver Island woman found an envelope full of cash during this week's snowstorm? Vancouver police investigation into a 2019 human trafficking ring has led to the conviction of two men. Mayaz Noor Eldin and Elkan Viazagiro were charged with trafficking a person under the age of 18. The VPD's counter-exploitation unit launched an investigation after becoming aware that underage girls were being recruited and trafficked for several months. Noral Dean was sentenced December 21st to six years in prison. Via Zagiro is awaiting sentencing. A man has been charged with assault after allegedly spitting in a woman's face in downtown Victoria. It happened Tuesday afternoon near the intersection of Quadra and Yates. A police officer who was on patrol at the time witnessed a man spitting in the face of a woman who was pushing a stroller as he walked by in the opposite direction. The alleged attack is believed to be random. The suspect, Edward O'Donnell, was arrested at the scene and held for a court appearance. Victoria police say he's facing an assault charge. 
Police in Kamloops are providing more information about missing man Kyle Ferg. It's now believed the 32-year-old was last seen near a pump house on Mission Flats Road the morning of November 11th. Kamloops RCMP are releasing this image of a man they think is Ferg riding a bike in the area at around 7.30 in the morning. Less than a week after this video footage was captured, Ferg's cell phone was found in MacArthur Park. Ferg is described as six feet tall, 130 pounds with brown hair and hazel eyes. He has a couple of tattoos. The word bassinese on his right forearm, an animal on his upper right arm, and in God's hands written on his chest. If you have any information on his whereabouts, please call Kamloops RCMP. The BCSPCA has seized seven dogs from a rural property east of Vernon that were being kept outside in freezing temperatures. Animal protection officers found these dogs at a property in Cherryville. They say the animals were confined to outdoor pens with just some straw on the ice and snow and a couple of tarps for cover. SPCA says in these temperatures, dogs are susceptible to frostbite and hypothermia, and these breeds of dogs, including poodles and Australian shepherds, don't have the coats to keep them warm for lengthy periods of cold weather. The SPCA is now caring for the animals, and they'll go up for adoption in a couple of weeks. A Courtney woman's actions have proven the old adage that a good deed is its own reward. On Thursday night, Talia Ball found an envelope labeled kids and stuffed with cash in the parking lot of the Courtney Thrifty Foods. She posted online about the find and that message was shared widely in the community. One of the people who saw the post was the person who dropped the $740 and he reached out to Talia. I had kept the type of envelope, it was in secret, the amount, and then he also guessed Thrifty's parking lot, which I didn't tell anybody about either, so that was another for sure. He was super stoked, his wife was very happy. She said she cried when she found out somebody actually uh, turned it up. The owner of the money gave Talia $50 as a reward for her honesty. Coming up, increasing concern for parents. The severe cases, including the fatal cases, have occurred in all parts of the province. An alarming rise in strep A infections in B.C. and around the world. Plus... A forest remains a forest, even if it's been logged. Sustainability spin. Why critics say the federal government is blurring the lines between clear-cut and old growth. We're all ready where BC starts its mornings. It's really humbling. It's a real privilege, to be honest. Our job is to prepare you for the day ahead. We deliver the news, but we get to have a bit of fun. Wake up to Global News Morning. Weekdays from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. We are BC's News. The leader of the BC United Party says he would move the office of BC's Forest Ministry up north if elected. Today we announced that we were going to move the Forest Ministry from downtown Victoria to downtown Prince George. Kevin Falcon and MLA Mike Bernier making the case in a video posted to social media that they would move the ministry to Prince George. They argue decisions being made about resources should be made in communities where the resources are located. Premier David Eby was in Prince George recently as well, where he announced a massive new hydrogen project and more investments in BC Hydro. 
Well, when is a clear cut not a clear cut? According to a new report by a coalition of environmental groups, the federal government considers clear cuts to still be forests. As Paul Johnson reports, that's just one example of what they claim is Ottawa's misinformation about the impact of logging in Canada. Forests matter to me because Canada is the third most forested country in the world. That was Trudeau at the COP26 climate conference. When Canada's leaders go to such events, they frequently tout our theoretically world-class green credentials, especially on forests. Canada is working to protect 30% of our lands and oceans. But this week, some of North America's leading conservation groups claimed that such talking points are actually a form of sophisticated spin. Anyone in Canada could walk into a clear cut and then walk into an old growth forest and be able to tell you that there's a difference. Tegan Hansen is a forestry campaigner with Stand.Earth, one of the groups that's pointing out that Ottawa actually doesn't count clear-cut logging as a form of deforestation, which means for anyone wanting to check on the official status of Canada's forests, this clear-cut on the left is counted as forest just the same as this virgin old-growth ecosystem on the right. And so what happens is that the governments of Canada and provincial governments put forward this idea that forestry in Canada is, is somehow sustainable and world-leading by saying we have such a low amount of deforestation. That, they say, enables outcomes like these. Recent letters from Canadian diplomats seeking to assure American lawmakers that our forest products are sustainable, telling them that Canada only contributes to 0.3% of global deforestation. Nowhere in those letters, though, does it explain how they arrived at that figure. Canada uses a, a way of measuring forests that essentially says unless there's a land use change, a forest remains a forest even if it's been logged. The disputed figures are put out by the Ministry of Natural Resources in their State of Canada's Forests annual report. On Friday, the ministry told Global News they welcome dialogue about their reports, but that Canada uses internationally agreed-upon metrics, and there is currently no universal definition or reporting framework for forest degradation meaning at future conferences like COP, attendees may be comforted to hear about Canada's world-leading stance on forests, only because they never counted all the clear cuts. Paul Johnson, Global News. Strep A infection in children is on the rise in B.C. and across the country. The strain prevalent this year is one with more severe symptoms and can lead to a greater likelihood of death. Jennifer Palma tells us what you need to know. It's a common infection that is showing some aggressiveness this winter season. Invasive Group A streptococcal infections are increasing. The BC Centre for Disease Control says since mid-December, four children under the age of 10 have died, adding they had Group A strep and a viral respiratory illness like the flu. But the BC CDC says they didn't have underlying conditions. Our numbers are up over last year. So in 2023, we had a total of 60 cases in people under 20 years of age. Uh, and the largest increase was in children under 10. And uh, that was um, a tripling of the 
case count in the previous year. The deaths occurred in various parts of B.C. However, the increase in strep A cases is being seen globally and in other provinces. In Ontario, six children under the age of nine have died. Early indications of why strep A is on the rise may be because of a particular severe strain that's circulating and life after the pandemic. Basically catching up infections that might have occurred spread out over the COVID years, but were interrupted because of the precautions that we were taking. Here are some symptoms to watch out for in kids. A fever that lasts more than five days, fever with a fine red rash, difficulty in breathing, pale skin with white or blue lips, and the child is very sleepy or can't wake up easily. The BCCDC says to get medical help right away. Global BC medical contributor Dr. Barinder Narang says there are things you can do to keep strep A at bay. Are we regularly cleaning our hands? Um, if we get a wound on the skin, we're making sure that we're cleaning it in a, with antiseptic because strep can also invade, um, get in through wounds. Um, and that we want to make sure that we are keeping ourselves up to date on preventable illnesses. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Coming up, an iPhone sends a crucial alert. It's a life-saving technology for sure. How a search and rescue had a successful outcome thanks to an Apple device. Also ahead. What else am I going to do? It's the first thing I think about, and I'm, I'm being serious. Well, we know what he'll be doing for the next three years at least. Jim Rutherford's contract extension with the Canucks and why he says there's still more work to do. Search and rescue crews on Vancouver Island were called out Wednesday evening after being alerted to a crash by an iPhone. Aerosmith Search and Rescue received an iPhone crash alert, which included the phone's battery level and location. RCMP launched one of their drones with heat sensors to help with the search and found a heat source at the exact location that had been given by the iPhone. Crews found a vehicle that had gone off the road into an embankment and they say the iPhone alert saved them precious time. We've done many searches in the past that have extended five, seven days in length, um, trying to find uh, uh, people out there. And, you know, specifically in this terrain, uh, like these roads are, are really, really covered by trees. So air search is very difficult. Um, you know, likely in the event of this device not doing what it did, um, you know, it would have been the next morning before people were reported missing and then a search would have got started and it, it may have taken three, four days uh, to locate this scene. The two occupants of the vehicle were rescued. They say they had no idea one of their iPhones had even sent the alert. All right, time to check that weather forecast now with... Uh Meteorologist Mark Madriga, I'm so confused. But Me too. It's Christy's off, Yvonne is sick, and yeah, we brought you in. Yeah, it's good to be here. And all weekend, too. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. But it's dark in the morning when I stand here. It's now dark in the evening, too. So I saw a little you're, daylight. You're dark, you're dark, then. You're dark. I'm dark, yeah. And we look outside live, Sophie. There's the uh, Port of Vancouver. There's the North Shore, Pan Pacific Hotel. The uh, rain was more on than off today and created some of that snow melt. It's currently plus two, and it's raining at the Vancouver Airport. Uh, out to the eastern Fraser Valley, that freezing rain warm.
morning is now over. Still possibly a little patch or two, but for the most part, uh, it's going to get drier. Now, drier later this evening. Tomorrow, yeah, there may be a shower. There's not going to be much for precipitation and mild with a high of five here in Metro Vancouver. Right now, though, it's above freezing from Vancouver to Agassiz. Hope right at zero, still some light snow. And there is a risk of freezing rain all through this area, and that includes the Fraser Canyon, the mountain passes tonight. Still snowfall in this area here, and still some heavy snow around Prince George, I noticed in the last hour, and it'll continue through the night too. A snowfall warning, and a risk of freezing rain is really high up on the north coast too, where we have a warning. So as I take you through tonight, you see the area of precipitation moves to the north. By tomorrow morning, still some snow in here in this lavender uh, white color, but really the southern part of BC is going to be drier tomorrow. Sure, the odd shower passing through. It's uh, sometime on Sunday and into Monday it will get wetter. So as I take you to the north, still that high chance of freezing rain and rain near the coast. This is tomorrow's forecast, that uh, freezing rain tonight. Rain near the coast tomorrow, snow inland and a risk of freezing rain. Still pretty messy. Still snow tonight in the central interior of the Caribou. And into tomorrow it will pull back a bit, but still pretty white. Now the southern interior tomorrow, we have, uh, first of all tonight, that risk of freezing rain in some areas. Tomorrow drier in the south through the Okanagan Thompson. Slight chance of precip. And the south coast for tomorrow, here's the low and the high. Still above freezing day and night. So that means continued snow melt. That includes the lower mainland tomorrow. Maybe even a little peak of sun in the mix. And then periods of rain, Sunday through Wednesday, and staying mild. I can't resist this. Thanks, Haga. Oh, they were all on a snow day, and they built a beautiful fort and great uh, constructive creativity from <laughs> those guys a couple days ago. Guys, or Sophie, back to you. You've got the morning show stuck in your head. It's I do, yeah. It's just me here. It's just yeah, me. Throw to Jason. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. A Michigan man is being rescued from an icy lake thanks to his dog, and the whole thing was caught on camera. Caller! Caller! Due to the dangerous conditions, rescuers could not pull the man from the ice themselves. Instead, they tied a rescue disc attached to a rope to the man's dog, Ruby, Ruby ran back to her owner and the man managed to grab the disc. He was then pulled to safety and taken to hospital as a precaution. Good dog. Ruby, not you, Squire. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, I mean, you're good. Not a dog, but you're good. Good guy. Good sportscaster. Thank you. Good something. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Um, it didn't take long for uh, Jim Rutherford to get the Vancouver Canucks into contender status. We had a lot of good players, but we didn't have a team. But now we have a team. They bought into the players and the coaches have bought into the team concept. And today the Canucks gave their president a new three-year contract to make sure he gets a chance to see the job through, perhaps to the ultimate end. Also tonight... Why do you eat mixed nuts one at a time? Why do you eat them all together? Good question. The best way to start the weekend, Squire will have satellite debris. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Some people might think about retiring at 74. Not Jim Rutherford. Nope. He'll be 75. Probably not us. We're just going to have to keep working. Exactly. Um, you know, we got some bills to pay. <laughs> exactly. But Jim Rutherford, I think Rutherford's done all right in his career. He's uh, won some Stanley Cups, Hall of Famer. He'll be 75 next month, but he's still going to be the Canucks boss for a while. Francesco Aquilini's hiring of Jim Rutherford as team president was a very good move. It actually kind of reminds me of when the Griffiths family brought in Pat Quinn. Everything stabilized and then began to get better. Now... Aquilini shouldn't have hired a coach and then the team president. That coach should have been Rutherford's call right from the beginning, but the unpleasant firing of Bruce Boudreaux is behind everybody. And now the Canucks are a contender. And because of that, Francesco Aquilini and his family wanted to make sure Rutherford stuck around a while, so they gave him a three-year contract extension. He came here with a vision and an unwavering commitment to make this team competitive again. So from revamping the hockey operations completely, bringing in Patrick Alvin as the general manager, you know, securing Rick, as, you know, Rick and his coaching staff, um, Jim has fostered a culture of accountability and performance. When I first came here, one of the things I said is I think we have some players that are probably better than people think. And now this has come to light. We're in a year now where we, where we have a good system and uh, the players that are the impact players are even more impactful than they've ever been in their careers here in Vancouver. And I want to thank the fans of, of the Vancouver Canucks. They're very dedicated. They're very knowledgeable. And it's really been fun for me over these last couple of years as I'm out in the public and able to talk to these people and get an understanding of their frustrations and uh, what they're hoping for. And we all have the same goal and we're continuing to work towards that goal. And like I said, we're not there yet, even though we've made progress. I think it's safe to say that every Canuck player has benefited from Rick Tockett's way of doing things. Well, every Canucks player except maybe Andre Kuzmenko. Now, there's no way he was continue or is going to be able to continue scoring at the rate he did last year because his shooting percentage was incredibly high last season. But he just can't seem to give Rick Tockett what he wants to see every night. And last night, once again, Kuzmenko had to take the seat of shame on the bench after some careless play. Kuzmenko delays. Gave it away. Misread the uniform. Unfortunately, this is the way Andre Kuzmenko has made the highlight reel lately, and it's either got him stapled to the bench, like in the third period of Thursday night's game versus the Coyotes, or a seat in the press box as a healthy scratch. Kuzmenko has not scored a goal in 2024. He's gone 10 games without one, and the longer that drought goes, the shorter the leash from head coach Rick Tockett, who's trying to convince Kuzmenko that playing the Canuck way will help him out of his slump. I mean, I love that he's a great kid. He's just, I know he's struggling right now. And, um, you know, we, we just got to keep working with him, and he's just got to understand. And then practice, the same thing with work habits. You have to work.
It's the only way you're going to get out of it. Kuzmenko's very popular with his teammates, and he is trying to change his habits to fall in line with everyone else. Um, I love Kuzmenko. He wants to turn around every game. He works hard. Uh, people don't see the work he puts off, puts on off the ice. So like he really wants, like he wants it bad. So um, it's tough to see, but uh, I'm sure he will turn around and be the Kuzmenko we all know. How much more patience do the Canucks have with Kuzmenko? Well, you get the feeling they are listening to offers, but the way he's playing right now and at $5.5 per season, it won't be easy to move him. He's lost his confidence. He's a good player, and he can score. And there's no doubt in my mind, whether it's in Vancouver or in another NHL city, he, he will score. I think Torch says, you, I can't, you can't buy confidence at a store. I can't go get you confidence you, you got to be prepared so you got to really work so when you're in these pressure situations it becomes like second hand right down in the deserts of california near palm springs it's the american express and that's abbotsford's adam hadwin that putt needs to get on the off ramp there you go Seven under 65 today, 14 under through two rounds. He's tied for fifth, three off the lead. There's his good buddy. There he is, Nick Taylor. And this is Nick Taylor's second shot to the par four. Mm-hmm. Uses the bank here. Not the one you get money from, that bank. To get that one down to within four feet, he make the birdies at nine under. Roger Sloan of Merritt, even par. Round three is tomorrow. There's a 54-hole cut. Sloan's going to really have to pick it up tomorrow if he wants to play the rest of the tournament. Okay, there you go. Do you have any talking animals coming up? Let me think. Uh, wait, nope. Nope, sorry, no talking animals. Well, I'm sure it will still be. Want to cancel it? No. You want to do it anyway? No, it's okay. Friday. It's we'll satellite do it. debris. Okay, we'll do it anyway then. Coming up next. Jordan Armstrong is standing by the newsroom with a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jordan? Sophie fears in the Okanagan tonight about the, what the recent cold spell is going to mean for the wine industry. Experts say grapevines can generally survive temperatures of minus 20, while anything colder can cause problems. Last week's cold snap broke several records across the Okanagan. At 11Y, one scientist believes the vine damage is widespread. Sophie? Oh, dear. All right. Oh well, <laughs> it's all right, eh? You're a little worried about that. Yeah. About the wine industry, the yes. Wine crop, yeah. Have you met me? I, yes, I know you well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is not the morning show, by the way. We take things very seriously. Be very serious yeah. on the news hour. I know I've watched, all especially right, this segment. <laughs> yes, this segment's usually very furrowed brow. Okay. <laughs> so here okay. we go. Um, oh yes, here we are. Uh, so the first one up for grabs is uh, a new one from Burger King, taking a bit of a fun, at or taking a little fun out of their uh, rival, McDonald's. There is an island in the middle of the Indian Ocean, about two-thirds of the way from Madagascar to Antarctica. 1.2 squared kilometers that are home to a nature sanctuary. Uninhabited, it is home to an incredibly active volcano. This magnificent place with real breathing fire has a major flaw. Its name, ah, the Audacity. A place with real fire cannot be called McDonald's. 
The beauty is astoundingly overwhelming. The fire, powerful and profound. The name, the cheapest form of irony. We flew to where the keepers of the island reside and brought them the one thing they can't get at McDonald's, a flame-grilled meal. Gratitude came an idea. Change the name of the place to Whopper Island. The argument, there's a volcano spitting fire there. The Whopper is made with fire. End of the argument. But this is an urgent matter, and we have no time for lawyers. Search Ilya Whopper on maps. Comment using hashtag Ilya Whopper and find Whopper discount vouchers for you to claim. Together, we will correct this historic mistake, transforming McDonald's Island into the Whopper Island. Okay. End of argument. End yeah, of right argument. On. All right. So this one is from Down Under, and it uh, has to do with the Australian Open Tennis Tournament, which is going on right now, and it's for Afterpay. You can now... Use Afterpay in even more places. Like where? Through delivery, makeup stores, music stores, even pit supply stores. How convenient. <laughs> and last but not least, Remember that old commercial, when you eat your Smarties, do you eat the red ones yes. last? Not well. Do you crunch them very slowly or munch them very fast or something, something like that? that? Okay, this is sort of the same thing, except with planters mixed nuts, without the soap. Why do you eat mixed nuts one at a time? Why do you eat them all together? If only you were as selective with your rolls as you are with your nuts. Hey, here's a thought. Why don't I just get you a feedback? They're called mixed nuts. You're supposed to mix them. <laughs> Internet. How do you like your mixed nuts? One at a time. We're all together the right way. Sent. Like anyone's gonna care. Hey, it's Ken Jeong. Do you enjoy your mixed nuts? One at a time. <laughs> all together the right way. All. One at a time? You're a one-nutter. So you don't make any decisions? Why are you buying mixed nuts and then unmixing them? Oh, you're a foodie now. Question on America's mind. Is it all or one? Who knew America would tear itself apart over a relatively minor difference of opinion? Mm. Not me. Bad stuff. Yeah. Really? That's good. Oh, I love that. Squire and I are one nutters. One nutters. <laughs> because you're allergic. Allergic to nuts, but I can eat the peanuts, so I'm a multi peanutter. <laughs> okay. But a no nutter when it came no to nutter. No nutter. No nuts for you. <laughs> That's it. That was fun. I enjoyed Thanks for it. Us. Come but back you're next here tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Come precisely. back another time. Okay. When you've had a little nap. <laughs> I loved it. Good night, all. Bye.